Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to tonight's podcast with uh, Mail Marketing and Quality Day Foundation. If this is your first time tuning in to this podcast, this podcast is geared to bring awareness to domestic violence victims and survivors. Uh, right now, we do have a survivor on the line, and I would like to go ahead and introduce her. Uh, Sherry, would you please go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, um, my name is Sherry. Um, I live in a small town in, you know, um, Midwest Iowa. Um, I uh, am the survivor of domestic abuse, um, severe, and I almost um, died. Um, I'm very lucky, and I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for being brave and strong and sharing your story with us. Sherry, can you please share your experience on domestic violence? I know that you said that you almost lost your life to domestic violence. Would you care to go ahead and share that story with us? Sure. Um, I was with a gentleman for a year, um, and it was right at a year. Um, my, I have two children. They're older, you know, 20, um, 19 and 20. They're both in college. And this was the first person that um, my kids ever, like, loved, like a stepdad. They, they introduced him as their stepfather. Um, we were engaged. Um, <clears throat> the abuse started out, like, he never wanted to fight in front of the children and my kids actually he didn't have any kids um he would it was everything was how it was perceived um by the outside world uh he didn't ever want to look bad or stupid but it started out little things where he would control things um the last you know it got physical several times um he'd like to choke um here, my kids and my kids loved him, and this was the first guy that my kids have ever liked. Um, so that played part of it to keep me there. Um, I noticed that things were getting really bad, and I could tell just from his behavior. And um, my oldest daughter had been in Italy for uh, for an exchange program, and um, she's very blunt and very, you know, she'll ask questions if she sees or hears something she doesn't like, she, you know, she'll, she'll say it out loud. Um, and I could tell that, um, by her being home because of COVID, um, she was doing these things and, and he questioning things and she, he didn't like it. And I could just tell things were getting bad. And one night, um, um, he was just getting really paranoid and delusional as well. And, um, more so than normal. Um, it was on a Friday, and he uh, said, told me to get, he told me I was unaccounted for. I'd stopped at um, uh, Menards to get some paint and things like that um, to repaint a bedroom. And um, he didn't try to call me or anything, but he said I was unaccounted for, and so he was just convinced that I was cheating on him. Um, I got home, showed him my receipt. Um, he told me to get in the shower, calling me names, all of that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, he got in the shower. He um, was convinced that I slept with somebody, which I did not. He picked me up by the throat in the shower um, and had me up there for, you know, probably at least a minute, minute and a half, and um, shampoo and stuff was falling on the in the bathtub, and um, he grabbed me by the hair, told me to get out of the shower. I just wrapped a towel around me, and... Um, came into the bedroom. My daughter's room was right below mine, and um, I kind of stomped on the floor, and she called, and he told me not to answer the phone. 
he's going through my phone. Um, he, I couldn't stop crying, and he put a pillow over my head while I hit the wall. I bumped the wall. My daughter came upstairs, and um, he wanted me to tell her that everything was okay and to go downstairs. And I was just really, um, for, for some reason, that night felt different, very, very different. And he, like I said, he didn't want to fight in front of the kids, so that was really bad that anybody knew anything um, was going on. And he was, um, he wouldn't let me walk out of the room to be with my daughter. My daughter was like, dear, and I have never seen you like this before. Um, you know, she was just upset. Well, and he, he packed his clothes and he left. Well, he began to call me from that minute all the way to the next day. He, um, we had a, we have a dog, a mutual, a, together um he was making threats um you know to send people where my children were and just craziness it was just and i've never heard him like threaten my children you know he was always pretty pretty protective of them um so i had called the police and i had made a report um and they said they didn't know if they could charge him with anything but they were you know at least they they knew well um the next that, that day he called me and he was um, crying and he was like, his mental health was off. He needed to go to the hospital, wanted me to come over and get our dog. Um, a friend of his was going to take him to the ER for his mental health. He didn't know what was wrong with him. I feel guilty. Um, I go over there to get the dog. We ended up talking. A couple of my friends had called my phone to check in on me, including my, and my daughter as well. And he just went from zero to a hundred, um, wanted to know what they knew, why they were worried about me, what I told them. Um, he ended up, he wanted me to call um, one of my friends and ask her why she was calling me, um, why she was, why she would be worried about me. And um, I, I didn't want to do it. And um, he pulled me off his bed by my feet, by my ankles, and I hit the floor. He punched me in the face. Um, broke my nose and broke my eye, um, my eye orbit. Um, I was bleeding and I had bought some pepper spray. I don't know why I had turned around and bought some pepper spray. I just felt like something was going to be worse than any other time. I pepper sprayed him and that was what got him to stop because he'd hit me quite a few times and I'd seen stars and I just kept thinking, don't pass out, you know? Um, then he was like, oh, did I hit you? Did, oh my gosh, did I hit you? Cause I'm bleeding everywhere. He wouldn't let me leave until I got it to stop bleeding. Um, so I just had some super glue in my purse and I just put super glue on my nose and it, it took a long time to get it to stop bleeding and I just wanted it to stop bleeding. Um, then he made me, we went to the stores to see if we could get makeup to cover this. Um, he didn't really want me to leave, but my daughter, she was worried. She wanted me to come home. I wanted to get out of there. Um, somehow, some way, I got it. He let me go. I got out of there. Um, my eyes started, both my eyes were slowing shut. Um, they were black and blue. By the time I got home, it was like a 30 minute drive. Um, my daughter was here. She was all upset. Her, she tells me that night, she's like, she can't stay here. Um, she was just really scared. Uh, she never seen him that way, um, and then seeing me, you know, that my physical appearance scared her. She was gonna go stay with her boyfriend, um, and she didn't want me to stay here by myself. She waited for a friend of mine to get home, which was quite late, and um, 
so I, I went there to my friend's house and spent the night. My other daughter spent the night somewhere else, um, so there was nobody at my home. I told him, you know, I'm at my friend's house, and um, my daughter didn't want me to be by myself, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he was just insisting that I was sleeping with somebody, um, going back and forth. I put a um, phone recorder on my phone because she was making such crazy threats. So I thought, okay, you know, the police had called back in the meantime, um, back up a little bit. They had called back in the meantime and they had said that they were going to put a warrant out for him for, um, choking me. Um, so I just kept thinking, please, they they were going to try to pick him up at a certain time. I just kept thinking, please, just, he's going to get picked up pretty soon. He's going to get picked up pretty soon. Well, um, so the next day I wake up, um, at my friend's house on the couch, my eyes are just almost swelled shut, um, black and blue. Um, my nose is obviously broken, and I just, like I said, I put super glue on it, so, and it probably, had, it did need stitches. Um, I made a doctor's appointment because, um, regardless, I was going to need a note for work, you know, and I looked terrible, and so my friend um, drove me to the doctor. Um, they x-rayed me. I, I did have a broken nose, and that's when they found out my injuries. Um, I came home. He was telling me things like, you know, make sure that you're home by yourself. Don't or make sure you don't bring your friend with you. Um, he didn't want everybody knowing his business. He wanted me to tell everybody that I fell up the stairs. Um, all kinds of craziness. And um, so I came home. I got home about ten thirty that morning, and. I just felt, I just felt like shit. I felt like crap. I hurt. Um, and my body was sore because he had pulled, you know, I mean, it was, he threw me around a lot. He was kind of a big guy. Um, and I was just trying to rest. And anyway, texting back and forth all day. And I just kept thinking, when are the police going to pick him up? You know? And I was kind of scared, you know, he, kept, he then he started saying strange things like, um, who was just here in a black truck or who was just here in a dark colored truck or who was just there? And and I was like, why would you know that? He lived at his house was in a different town. Although he stayed here primarily for a year, you know, over the probably nine months, um, his home was in um, another town. And, um, he said that he had a buddy that was, you know, checking on me or watching, watching the house. And I live on a cul-de-sac, like a dead end, and there's not very many houses around. So I thought that was odd. Um, I just started getting a weird vibe about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I called my friend that I'd spent the night with, and I said, listen, I think that I might um, call the police and have the police do a walkthrough because I feel like he's in the house. And... She said that she was she would be over. She um, was picking somebody up from the doctor. She would take them home, and she would stop over. I said, okay. But just about then, I heard the, my basement door, um, where my girls' bedrooms are, is, by the way, open up, and I just started screaming because I was the only one home. And he came up the stairs with a spear, like a makeshift spear thing. I still don't know what that was made out of. Um, he, uh, I went and stopped screaming. He was telling me to stop screaming. He thought somebody was in the house. He punched me in the side of the head a couple times, put a hole through my living room wall with that spear, um, drug me through my living room into my kitchen, and um, I have, like, tile floors. Um, 
dented my brand new refrigerator with me, um, with my head. I was on the floor, um, trying to pull, uh, trying to hold anything because he wanted, he was going to throw me down the basement stairs and my basement stairs are kind of gnarly. Um, um, I just slid, I was so scared, you know, I was just screaming, somebody help me. I knew, I didn't figure anybody would hear me, but you never know, you know. I had had my phone in my hand and I couldn't get it unlocked to call anybody. Um, he grabbed my phone from me, of course. Um, I slid down the basement stairs on my butt um, and got to the bottom of the stairs and my daughter has an egress window in her room. Um, he went upstairs to make sure that the doors were locked and that nobody could get in. Um, and he really didn't believe that I was here by myself. So he was checking the house to see if anybody else was here. Um, I tried to get out my daughter's address window and I couldn't get the window open and he caught me and, um, punched me a couple of times. He had found my daughter's shotgun. Um, my daughter had hunted, has hunts. She's very, um, She's very gun smart, safe. Um, she had had her gun under her bed. Well, he had found her shotgun, um, and he had her shotgun, and he held it um, to the back of my head, and he had heard somebody pull up outside. I couldn't hear anybody. My ears were ringing. He told me to crawl out the window and see who was there. Um, and I stood up out of the egress window, and I see three officers walking across the street and I just said, he's got a gun. And he grabbed me by my feet and threw me through all the way through my daughter's room. I don't even know what I hit um, on the way through. Um, and I went through the wall in the hallway and I was down on the ground and he uh, hit me in the head with a shotgun like four times and um, I just seen white stars and I just felt warm, you know, running down my face. Um, I had my legs up and my hand, um, hands up trying to protect myself. And, um, I, he sh shoved the barrel of the shotgun into my stomach, just like picked it up and shoved it. And I just remember it took my breath and I just, um, almost threw up. I, I even, my pants um I was just so scared and just I mean it just happened so fast he grabbed me by my hair and ran my head into the wall um dragged me into my daughter's room um my oldest daughter's room um sitting there for a minute he was telling me I was stupid he was going to go to prison I was a dumb bitch um dumb horse but um I ruined him, things like that, and he had me call my, my oldest daughter, the, the one that I was in her room, the one that didn't want me to stay there by myself, had me call her on a Facebook Messenger and um, to tell her goodbye, to tell her I was going to die. And um, she, um, she, she hung up the phone and she called 911. She didn't know where we were at. And the police had went to his house, I get in this other town, you know, looking for him. Um, and it felt like forever, like nobody was coming in to do anything, you know, um, like, cause I didn't hear from anybody, nothing. It was just like, um, I don't know. It was very strange. Like I, I, I know I had a pretty good concussion, but, um, I was just like somewhere else. Um, he uh, had me call my youngest, my youngest was so scared 
she just hung up the phone so that that made him matter. Um, then he couldn't look at me, get mad when he looked at me because I was bleeding and everything else. So he had me take my clothes off. Um, and so I'm just sitting there, you know, shivering and he would come in and yell and um, hit me on the side of the head, grab my hair, things like that. And I was sitting like Indian style on my daughter's bedroom floor. And um, pretty soon, um, he tells me to get in the shower. So I got in the shower and I was just so scared. I knew that I was hurt pretty bad. Like something was seriously wrong with my arm or my wrist, something, um, which ended up being broke in a couple of different spots. Um, took a shower, um, he got me some clothes. Um, then by this time the police had started calling. Um, negotiators and he was getting agitated. Everything was on speakerphone and um, it was a male negotiator. He said, have a female calling back because he related better to females. Um, the thing, it, it just wasn't helping. He was just going um, back and forth. He'd go upstairs and I could hear him yelling and um, it, it was just, it seemed like forever. It, it, this, this incident went on three hours. Um, um, let's see, he uh, t told my daughter on the phone, he called my daughter back, he told my daughter that um, he was gonna make sure that nobody else could have me, he was going to um, destroy my face, um, my body, before he killed me. And um, I was just so devastated that he was saying this to, you know, my kids, because he considered them his kids and they, she was just shocked, you know, and um, I can't imagine how scared she was. Um, so um, finally, after a, this goes on for for a long time, a lot of it I've kind of blocked out, and I I just can't remember. It's cloudy. Um, he tells me, okay, we're going to go upstairs, and then he would do odd things like he broke my daughter's light fixture, and so I didn't have any shoes on, so he picked me up. Um, he knew I was hurt. He said, uh, I don't want you to cut your feet. So he picked me up and carried me over this glass and we go, that was the first time I'd been upstairs. And um, I, we, we went to the living room and he had a knife to my throat and he had the shotgun in his other hand, took me into the living room, had me open up the living room window. And all that I could see was that still that one police car that I'd seen at the very beginning, but no police, I couldn't see anything else. Um, and there were, he tells me there's a sniper across the street um, behind this, there was an empty lot behind this truck. And, and by me, I seen the guy and um, he was telling me what to yell at them. Um, and um, I was telling them everything that he said to do, you know? Um, and just then the, the police had shot in my sliding glass door, which was in my kitchen and glass flew through the kitchen, through the living room and even kind of around the corner to where we were and he just picked me up in one move and took me back downstairs into my daughter's room and set me down and said get in the closet and screw over as far as you can um telling me you know um I've destroyed him I've ruined his life I've you know he's gonna ruin mine so I just really thought right then I was gonna die you know he was gonna do it um before they got in I could hear pounding and stuff upstairs please and um trying to get in the, my house um and I guess what I was told later is they threw a concussion bomb down my stairs. I don't remember hearing it like that. Um, 
but I guess it was so loud. I know it broke things upstairs in my home. Um, he, my daughter's room is very small and her closet's small. Um, I could hear, you know, all this banging and stuff. The next thing I know, um, I barely sit in the closet behind the wall. I had my arms up, but I was like looking at him. Um, and the police came in and they just started firing. And um, there were some words exchanged between them, you know. I, that kind of part's kind of cloudy too. And it was just like, I, I just seen him getting shot by the police. And they, the next thing I know is they grabbed me by my sweatshirt um, and dragged me out and um, into an ambulance. Um, he was killed that day uh, with his history and um, how long this all took and just uh, there was a lot of factors and he had that gun, you know, he had a gun um, in his hand when all this went down. I found out later he was he had been in my home from 2.30 in the morning on until, you know, I started about 3, 3.15 in the afternoon. Um, um, I was in the hospital a couple of days. Um, my wrist was broken a few spots. Um, uh, I had uh, the broken nose, broken eye orbit, um, a fractured skull, severe concussion. Um, uh, my kidney, my kidney, my right kidney is bruised, severely bruised. Um, uh, my knee. I don't know. There's something something wrong with my knee. I go to physical therapy for it. Um, my kids are in mental health therapy. I'm in therapy. Um, I, my home that I lived in was my grandparents' home. Then it was my parents' home, and then it was my home. And I didn't know if I could be in my home again. I mean, he was shot and killed in my daughter's closet, and I was just so scared, like knowing that somebody was in my home um, all that time. You know, downstairs where my children's room at um, is just it was kind of scary. Um, I'm getting through it. Um, I am at, back at the home. Um, I've got a security system, things like that to try to make me feel safer. I mean, I know he's gone, but um, it's very, it was very traumatic. Um, I still have bad dreams and things like that. However, I want to show my girls that I will be okay and that no matter what, how small, um, I was, I'm very honest with them now about just little things that he wanted to hide from them, of course. Um, and I just want them to know that none of it is okay ever and don't let it get too far because I never in a million years thought it would get to that. Um, I really thought that I was going to die. Um, even the DCI said to me, uh, they, they thought that they shot me. Um, there were so many shots fired. They thought that they shot me. They didn't know at first I was in the closet. Um, they thought that he had killed me already, that he killed me as soon as they um, blew in the sliding glass window. And by the grace of God, um, it was dark downstairs and he couldn't get the safety off my daughter's gun or, or he would have shot me or one of those officers. Um, it's just... Um, something that I'm taking day by day and I'm just trying to heal and um, get past it and I just want to really encourage anybody that's in any kind of domestic abuse situation and if they're staying for financial or whatever the reason is please just get out just 
just leave, um, you know, it, it will be okay. You will figure it out. Um, no amount of money is worth that. Um, you know, your life is more precious than that. And so I just really encourage anybody that's in any kind of situation like that to just please do whatever they can to get out. So that's basically, that was my biggest, um, domestic abuse, um, situation. Um, I'm still healing up from it. This wasn't too, too long ago. Um, I'm still not working. Um, and I don't know. I just, I'm here and I'm blessed, you know, and I'm, I'm truly, truly blessed to be alive. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I do want to tell you too, you are very, very strong and you're brave and thank God that you were able to come out of this situation alive. That that is yeah. truly a blessing, especially to be here for your girls. Yes, yes. I'm a single mom. You know, um, we, we lost my mom. My mom was our family unit. You know, my dad had died in 2011, and my mom and dad had been married. And I, I never grew up around any kind of abuse like that. Like, I never even heard my mom and dad argue. Um, we were a pretty close family, you know. And so when my dad had passed away unexpectedly in 2012, um, me and my girls... You know, we we lived with my mom, um, and so um, we lived with her for since then, and that was our family unit. We helped each other out financially with bills, and so and she was there, kind of like a grandma, father figure, whatever, to my girls um, as well. And because um, I worked out of town and went to school full time, and um, she became sick and she died um, two years ago in February, and so. That hit me hard. It hit my girls hard, you know. Um, and so they're just, we're still trying to figure out how to live without her, you know. She was just such a big part of our family. And um, um, he would say things like, you know, my mom would be ashamed of me. Just different things that he knows would just, like, devastate me, hurt me more than, you know, a punch would or things like that. And, um, you know, it's like... My girls look up to me so much and looked up to my mom so much that there's just not any other option. I just want them to know I can't ever imagine them going through anything like that. I don't wish that on anybody, um, especially my children. Oh, it would just kill me, you know? Um, so I don't have an option but to be strong and to move forward. I have to show them that, you know, it it will be okay and... Um, just don't ever, don't ever, ever keep anything like that in the dark, um, and just leave, you know, just, just leave, they're better than that, and, um, I want them to know that by my actions that I'm better than that, and I know it, so I want them, so maybe it's easier for them to believe, um, but I'm just real blessed to be here, and, um, have the opportunity to be speaking with you, to be, you know, um, taking care of my kids, to be, you know, doing the self-isolation thing, but just like everybody else for COVID, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm thankful, you know? Absolutely. And I do want to thank you again. 
for being so strong and sharing your story with us because a lot of young men and women need to hear these type of stories so that they can leave their situations. So if I have any domestic violence survivors um, or abusers listening to this podcast, um, any victims needing help, um, you know, please reach out to Quality Day Foundation on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, it is a nonprofit domestic violence um, agency geared to help people in these type of situations. If you are an abuser, please seek help. Um, you know, this is definitely not the route that you want to take. Uh, we all should be treated with love. And let's remember, love does not hurt. And again, I do want to thank you for joining our our podcast tonight. Okay. All right. Thank you so much.